0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Welcome to Special Edition.
0: A weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications.
3: Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paul Ledegnan. We're going to start off by meeting Harold Kiner, and he's going to tell us about... Bees. Harold, this is the first time that I've ever talked to anyone in depth about bees, probably because, and it's probably not a good thing to say to you, but they're not my favorite critters.
0: Oh, come on. Yeah.
3: So what can you tell me about bees? There's tons of them out
0: there. Yes, there are tons of bees. I mean, the one that most everybody is associated with is the honeybee, uh, because the honeybee is used for pollination for many crops. Um uh, Honeybee was brought to this country back in 1620. Well, 1622 it came here, and it was shipped in 1621 in the fall on the, on the ships. They shipped? Were shipped. Brought here? Brought here from the Europe. So he's Indian not a Native American? Nope. Honeybee oh. is not a Native American bee. Okay. Uh, but there are, in Pennsylvania, there's over 450 native bees on record that they have— found and they're all named bees of I don't know all the
3: Give me an fancy example names. of
0: one. Well, of you've one got, Pennsylvania bee. You got the mason bee, the blue, blue orchard bee, is the mason bee. What about the bumblebee? Well, the bumblebee is also a native bee here to Pennsylvania. Yeah, to Pen, well, to the country. Oh, yes, okay. I mean it's it's everywhere. But th- there are over 20,000 bees in the world. 20,000 different varieties of bees in the world. And do they all help with pollination? Pretty much, yes. A honeybee is a, it pollinates more so uh, one crop at a time. If it finds a nice group of flowers, it goes to that flower because they tell each other. It's just, they're a social, social community. Many of the native bees are, I shouldn't say antisocial, but they're, they're bees that work by themselves. One bee lays her eggs, puts food with that egg. And that egg hatches, eats that food, and then goes out and does the same thing. Uh, Where honeybees, you have a queen in the hive. You've got, in the middle of the summer, you've got 40,000, 50,000 worker bees. And approximately 5 to 10% of those are male bees. In one hive? In one hive. In a a good, strong hive in the middle of the summer, yes. Because they they build up from the time that uh, spring comes around and the honey flow I shouldn't say honey flow nectar flow begins, and uh, as the better the flow, the more bees will be there because there's more food for the the bees to feed to the back the babies. into the hive. Yes.
3: So when we're talking about bees, how can we tell the difference between I, I know the difference between a bumblebee because they're big. Yes. And a honeybee is kind of small and yellow, kind of. Yeah, but yeah. how would you know? Would, it, would you know by what they go after?
0: No, uh, because honeybees will uh, pollinate the same thing that many native bees do. Uh, it's just your native bees. It's the way they, they don't actually have a hive. Uh, you can make a nest for mason bees. Make it out of a box or a coffee can and some paper straws because they like to put their... Eggs into a a long tube, so you could do that at your house.
3: Yes, anyway. and invite that they just know that and invite yeah, them in. In time,
0: yes. Now they need they need some water. They need a little bit of mud because that that's what they use to uh, break up each cell. They use a little pack of mud, and then the the new bee chews its way through the mud and goes out and does its thing. Wow! Uh, now for pollination, you have an aviary apiary apiary yes apiary apiaries are birds that's all that's, that's, okay.
3: <laughs> that's okay that's okay it's, it's not the first time <laughs> well good at least i know i'm one of many <laughs> well you this the the what you have how do you know where to start with something because i know that there are some beekeepers there are quite a few in our area but if if somebody listening said I'm interested in making something like that for these little mason bees. I'd like to have
0: some. How do you get started in something like that? Well, there's a lot of information online as far as mason bee nests go. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can make fancy ones out of wood, but you use a paper straw. They don't like plastic. Uh, And you use different size straws because the mason bee is one. The leaf cutter bee likes a different size straw. You can usually get away with two different size straws. Uh, mason bees will make their nest in almost any little hole they can find. Do
3: you have any of them? Yes. And where did Harold come up with the idea that he wanted
0: to have a world of bees? Well, we used to have a small nursery. I started it before I retired from my full-time work. And, well, when I retired, we got the honeybees, and they've kind of taken over my life in a sense because, in a, in a sense, they're addicting because you've got one or two hives, and you split them into four, Uh, and you can, right now, there's approximately 30 hives in our, up behind our barn. Last year, we had almost 50 by the end of the summer, but you lose bees over the winter. Uh, This is one of the problems for the bees, is that they, uh, there's mites out there that carry diseases, and, uh, and they then it's not just for the honeybees they affect bumblebees and uh even wasps and yellow jackets. Mm. Yellow jackets I don't care what you do with yellow jackets. <laughs> I was uh, going to ask you about them too. They, but they, they, are they, they a cousin to the bee? No, they're no? they're from a different I mean oh. they are from the the same strain. Um I don't know all the breakdown, but they are from the same strain if you want to call it hymenoptera. And there's they seem mm. to be a little nastier yes. than the bees. Yes. Honey Or yellow jackets, they'll they'll attack for no reason, really. Ah. Honeybees, they only attack to protect themselves. Oh. uh, Or to protect their hive. And, I mean, they don't really attack, in a sense. I mean, if by chance you pinch a honeybee, first she'll vibrate so she knows you're there. But if you don't let her go or you pinch her too hard, she'll sting you. Well, yeah. (laughs) the, The big thing when a honeybee stings is she actually leaves her stinger in you. So... You'd know if it was a honeybee, but you want to get it out as quickly as possible because as she pulls away, it leaves a venom sack with uh-huh. the stinger. So you don't want to squeeze that little sack to pull it out. You want to scrape it away with your fingernail or something like, like a credit card. Um, is that what causes it, the,
3: um, the the person who might be allergic to it? Is that Well, the venom is the venom?
0: what does that. But yellow jackets and wasps, they can... Um, they can sting you multiple times. They don't have a barbed stinger. Mm. See, honeybee doesn't want to sting you because she's going to die. When she stings and she pulls away, it pulls part of her insides out when that venom sac comes out. So it's just a...
3: If they could see the look on my face right now, <laughs> all of a sudden I feel really bad for her. Yeah. So <laughs> they, Sometimes they get there and they don't even realize what they're doing. No, no, very true. Um, Now, where did you get your first honeybees? Is is this something that you send away for in the catalog?
0: You you can send away for them. You can um, get them from – sometimes you can get them locally. The best bees you can get are usually local because if they've overwintered, uh, many of the bees that you get come from Georgia, California, because they can keep bees alive down there because their winter is much shorter – So there's more food for the bees to to grow and they, you can buy packages of bees, you can buy what they call nucleus colonies, which are usually a four or five frame box of bees with a laying queen. Mm. The package of bees is just about three pounds of bees in a box with a queen in a cage. And she's basically not related to those bees. Those bees have been shaken from other hives into this box. And then she's placed in there in the cage to ship her or to ship that package to wherever it's going. And there's a process of getting her to know what, uh, or to have the bees accept her. You leave her in her cage for three, four days. And some cages have sugar candy in one end. And the bees from inside chew on it, the bees from outside chew on it. And They release her oh. that way, but by then they've picked up her pheromones, and they're used to her. And they'll, ninety-nine times out of hundred, they'll accept her. Can you
3: track bees if you if they're coming from all these different places?
0: Would you be able to put a mark somewhere, or you can? Yes, you can. You can mark bees. There's a gentleman up in New York that does a lot of that. Uh, Tom Seely works uh, with Cornell and he has tracked bees to find he does a lot of work with feral bees in trees and that's how he'll he'll grab bees and he'll mark them and then what they do is they actually time how long it takes the bee to go back and forth from like a floral source or they'll even put out sugar water and they'll time and they can tell approximately how far away the the hive is and then the direction that the bee flew, because bees fly pretty much in a straight line if they can. I mean, yes, they'll go around things, but they they use as the crow flies pretty much. But um,
3: point A to point B, the hive yes. back to where they are, and what mm-hmm. you mentioned something interesting interesting there about going and touching, and you do a lot of that.
0: Yes, it's
3: you get in the you get in there with them.
0: Yes. Yes, I mean... Why? uh, (laughs) Well, you have to manage the bees. I mean, and you're looking at least once every two weeks, you want to go in and look for uh, eggs. And if you can see the queen, that's great, but if you see eggs, you know the queen is still alive. The queen, because you can actually hurt the queen, and the bees will kill her and try to replace her. Uh, Because if she's injured, she may not be able to lay enough eggs. And which she can lay, a good queen can lay 1,500 eggs a day. Wow. Uh, so that's about every 21 days, that's 1,500 new bees. That's how you get to that forty fifty thousand 50,000 bees by midsummer. Wow. Uh, if you've got a good good colony, good queen, I mean, it builds fast. Wow. And it's funny because you can have two sittings side by side. And um, the... One, one builds up fast and the other is kind of, eh, let's just hang out. Uh, and we'll, we'll manage, we'll get by, even though the queen is laying, but they don't. Because everything is, it's all tied together. It's a social group. And the queen kind of controls things with her pheromones, but the bees also control because if they're not bringing in food, she's not laying eggs. Ah. So, I mean.
3: So what's it like? When you have to, and I know you've done this in our area because there have been some very unusual places that bees will swarm. Yes. And you go in there and there's, you know,
0: pictures that we see just incredible, but you do that. (laughs) Bees bees will swarm, um, they'll go to a temporary location, usually in a tree. And uh, sometimes it's down low, sometimes it's up too high to get to, unless you've got uh specialized equipment to be able to get up there I, if i can get to them from a six foot ladder um i'll go get the the bees out of a tree or what whatever. are you wearing a suit you wear, wear you know, you can wear a full suit or you i have a jacket with a veil I'll, i always recommend wearing a veil there's some people that don't because they but then you see their pictures on facebook and as such and their eye is swollen shut because they've been stung in the face yeah um and I can tell you, if, if a bee somehow gets in there, you can't get that veil off fast enough to make sure that she's not in there. Wow. To get her away. I mean, because I, I don't want to get stung in the face. It's stung in the hands lots. It's stung in the, the legs. Sometimes it helps my knees because they say apitherapy is good for You're arthritis. Right. I was
3: going to ask you about that. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned That's that. That's one thing that they do
0: is <laughs> I mean, people will sting themselves because it, it helps with pain sometimes. Wow. So.
3: See, uh, now, at at your business, do you sell honey? Yes. I just can't imagine walking up and saying, well, Harold, I'd like some of Queen Two's honey today and Queen 3, then, or, oh. or does it all kind of go basically, together?
0: Basically, all of our honey goes together. We've got uh, what I call a spring wildflower and a fall wildflower. The spring wildflower is, of course, from the, the spring, early summer flowers, and it's a lighter color where the fall is a darker honey. And it comes from, the well, goldenrod, asters, and some of uh, the Japanese knotweed. Uh, Japanese knotweed makes a great honey, a real sweet tasting. How do you know
3: what bees are eating what? Well,
0: you don't. That's why I, I just consider mine. Um, What's local? Yes, basically uh, wildflower honey. Um, if you've got, say, you take your bees to pollinate an apple orchard, you can consider it apple Uh apple honey because they're bringing back some nectar from those flowers and they're doing that for a couple of weeks so you pull you can pull those frames of honey and you could consider it apple apple honey wow um, there's there's a lot i mean there's many different varieties of honey but i don't i don't move my bees my bees all stay behind the house uh because it, it's just there's a lot of time involved in moving them i bet. they best. always have to be moved at night because the bees don't that way when they get up in the morning, uh, you don't want to confuse no, them. Right, you're not confusing them <laughs> as much. They have to orient toward their new location, and there are many people that move bees. That's what that's how they make their living. Oh, commercial beekeepers. I mean, in the in February, there's approximately two million hives moved to California to pollinate the almond trees. From where? All over the country. They come, how they, trucks on trucks? Yep, on trucks. Are they are they cooled? Nope. nope, no. They that's they drive at night. They're netted so to keep the bees in, but they they do most of their driving at night, and sometimes they'll drive straight through. They'll have two fellows in the cab and they'll drive straight through, because well February is not too bad temperature wise, but uh, still I mean once they get out to the. Southwest, it can get hot. Oh, absolutely. And that was going uh, to be one of the other
3: questions I asked you, too, because we mentioned about the difference in the winter time and. do you bring yours inside nope. in the winter? No. Nope. Does your wife Alice, like, say, Harold, no, it's yeah. coming October, we're was not bringing the bees in?
0: She will say <laughs> that, because I, I told her, I said, let's put an observation hive in the living room. And <gasps> she
3: told me no. <laughs> they used to have one of those. I don't even know if they still do at the Everhart Museum in Scranton.
0: It's possible. With I the honeybees
3: in the basement. That mm-hmm. I was fascinated. Yeah. That's why when I got had the opportunity to talk to you, I jumped on this. Yeah. See, That's they, great.
0: When they... If, if you bring them inside where it's warm, they would want to go out. and Well, this, uh, had a, this had an in and an out yes, to it. but yeah. what I'm saying, they would want to go out and they'd go out and uh, they, don't, they don't normally fly below uh, 50 degrees. Oh, I mean, you'll see. I mean, see. you'll see some out in colder temperatures, but a lot of them go out and they can't get back because their, their muscles get too cold, their wing muscles, so they can't fly back. So you've spent a
3: lot of time being a bee person a beekeeper what would you like to be able to leave our audience with
0: for those of us who are mm, a little bee suspicious (laughs) well don't don't be afraid of a honeybee i mean they're not going to sting you on purpose i mean uh there's always that chance but just because you get stung doesn't mean it was a honeybee so don't blame a honeybee and if you're interested in uh The bees, you can always contact me. Uh, There's a Facebook page, Kiner's Apiary or Luzerne County Beekeepers Association. And the best thing to do is do a lot of reading. If you want to be a beekeeper, you got to, in my opinion, you got to do some studying before you start it. You don't just put the bees in a box and hope that they manage. But I always tell new beekeepers, the bees don't read the books that we read because bees do what they want to do. I mean, they know what to do, and they, they control the hive. I mean, we just try to manage them.
3: Don't go away. More special edition to come. Welcome back to Special Edition. The Special Diabetes Program, which funds critical research for type 1 diabetes treatment and prevention that could one day lead to a cure, expires September 30th. The 20th anniversary of the Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund Children's Congress was marked this week on Capitol Hill. Adriana Richard, a 16-year-old from Milton in Northumberland County, testified at the hearing about her experiences in living with type 1 diabetes. Diabetes. Senator Susan Collins of Maine, committee chair of the U.S. Special Committee on Aging, and ranking member U.S. Senator Bob Casey led the hearing. Governor Casey called for more funding for research into type 1 diabetes. The Hearing Redefining Reality, How the Special Diabetes Program is Changing the Lives of Americans with Type 1 Diabetes would include the cost of care and insulin for children with Type 1. We share some of the testimony today on Special Edition.
1: I want to begin by welcoming the more than 160 children who have traveled to Washington from all across the country to share your personal stories. You'll tell us what it is like to live with type 1 diabetes, just how serious it is, and why it is critical for Congress to fund the research necessary to discover better treatments, more effective technology, and ultimately a cure. Your personal stories really matter. They motivate senators and members of the House to get involved in the cause. In my case, one of my very first meetings as a brand-new senator was with Maine families with children with diabetes. And I'll never forget this 10-year-old little boy looking up at me, and he told me that he wished he could take just one day off from having diabetes, his birthday or Christmas, but of course he could not. And that really touched me and it led me to start the bipartisan Senate Diabetes Caucus. Since the last convening of the Children's Congress two years ago, we have made remarkable strides with new technological discoveries, that are already changing the lives of people with type 1 diabetes. We celebrated the FDA approval of an artificial pancreas system for children ages 14 and older. Now the artificial pancreas is also available for kids who are age 7 to 13, opening the door for better day-to-day management of diabetes. Today's research represents tomorrow's cure. Just last month, a new study, the first of its kind, illustrated the potential of an immunotherapy drug to delay the onset of type 1 diabetes by an average of two years. What a significant breakthrough. And these advances have only been possible due to our bipartisan commitment to funding diabetes research. Since I founded the Bipartisan Senate Diabetes Caucus in 1997, federal funding for diabetes research has tripled. And these results are yielding, these research dollars are yielding results. We now spend more than a billion dollars on diabetes research the special diabetes program in particular has contributed to phenomenal discoveries especially advancements in technology this program provides an additional 150 million dollars each year for t1d research and another aim of this program is equally important. The Special Diabetes Program also studies diabetes in American Indians and Alaskan Natives who experience type two diabetes at nearly three times the rate of the national average. So the Special Diabetes Program is important both for people who have type one and also for Native Americans and Alaskan Natives. Over the past 22 years, the Special Diabetes Program has contributed $2.8 billion to improve the lives of people living with diabetes. So by the end of September, we must pass legislation to reauthorize the Senate Diabetes Program. And that's what you need to tell all the members of Congress. It has strong bipartisan support. Sixty-eight senators signed a letter to Senate leadership that Senator Jean Shaheen and I authored advocating for this program. And I'm pleased to report to you uh, that just last week the Senate Health Committee on which I serve approved a five-year authorization of the special diabetes program that's the longest authorization ever so that's really good news Uh, finally let me just say that i am very concerned about the spiraling cost of insulin the cost of managing diabetes is growing at an alarming rate Between 2012 and 2016, average insulin spending for patients with type 1 diabetes nearly doubled. And last year, a father from Maine testified that he turned to drug importation from Canada after the price of a 90-day supply of insulin for his son with type 1 tripled to $900. Senator Casey.
4: Thank you, Chairman Collins, for holding this hearing. We're, great to, we're grateful to be back again with so many delegates of the JDRF Children's Congress. I want to welcome you back to the Senate. I know many of you have been here over, over many years now. I'm pleased to, to welcome four delegates uh, from Pennsylvania, Adriana, who, whom I'll introduce a little bit later, as well as Joey, Libby, and uh, Maraid and their families. It's so important that you've joined us because a, finding a cure for type one diabetes requires a combined effort from people of all ages and backgrounds. It advances in treatment and our understanding of type one diabetes has come a long way. As chairman Collins mentioned, in just the past decade, more and more people have gained access to continuous glucose monitors and more recently the use of our, the artificial pancreas in large part, This progress is due to those of you in this room, young and a little bit older than young. We're grateful that you're here again to bring a sense of urgency to this issue. Many of the advocates who've traveled to Washington before uh, to press for funding for this program are doing so again today, and we're grateful. We're pleased to report the, as Senator Collins said, the extension of funding uh, is already in the works and I was proud as a member of the Health, Education, Labor and Pensions Committee, so-called HELP Committee, uh, to support the five-year extension of the reauthorization of the special diabetes program. This sets up the possibility for the longest extension uh, ever. We need to make sure that the full Senate passes it, as Senator Collins said, uh, by the end of September, and also that the House does the same. By securing stable funding, for medical research, uh, that is just one part of the agenda. We must also be sure that each individual and family can afford life-saving treatment. During a hearing last year, this committee took, took a magnifying glass to the rising cost of insulin. And just recently, the committee concluded a three-part hearing series on the cost of prescription drugs. It will not surprise anybody in this room that the cost of insulin featured prominently during those hearings as well. Let me summarize uh, why there's such an urgency to address the price of prescription drugs as it applies to today's hearings. Number one, the rising cost of prescription drugs is not occurring in isolation. It's part of a larger challenge that many Americans face every day trying to make ends meet. Flat wages and high costs might be the fastest way to say it. For so many families, the cost of prescription drugs it's like a bag of rocks thrown on their shoulders every day, in addition to the other bags of rocks they're carrying around. High health care costs, college tuition, child care costs, and the like. So we have lots of work to do to make sure that we're focused on and get results on lowering the cost of prescription drugs. We know that less costly insulin is about, oh, maybe only a 100 years overdue. As we'll hear today, the price Uh, An individual or family must pay for a vial of insulin is also impacted by health insurance coverage. That's why the Affordable Care Act and Medicaid are critically important to shield families from very high and onerous out-of-pocket costs for insulin. In Pennsylvania, because of Medicaid, insulin for most children is fully covered. That should be the case in every single state. And so today, I'm introducing the Affordable Health Care for Children with Disabilities Act, which will encourage states to adopt policies that Pennsylvania put in place over 20 years ago. We've got a sacred responsibility to children and to young adults, and to their parents who are here today, as well as those across the country to, to do everything on our power to make sure that we're doing everything we can to make life better. So thank you to Chairman Collins and all of our delegates uh, and parents and friends and advocates. We're so grateful you're with us today. Thank you.
1: So I want to give a special welcome to two delegates from Maine, Ruby Anderson from Yarmouth, who's going to be testifying, and Lydia Bryan from Ellsworth. I'm very proud that you're here representing our great state. Ruby, you're
5: up. Chairman Collins, Ranking Member Casey, Senators, thank you for inviting me to talk to you today. My name is Ruby Anderson. I am nine years old and just finished third grade in Yarmouth Elementary School, Yarmouth, Maine. I was diagnosed with type one diabetes just before my second birthday. I don't remember not having type one diabetes, but I am lucky because I have devices that can help me manage my type one diabetes. I've been using an Omnipod insulin pump since I was about 3 years old. It has no tubes, which I like, and I don't have to take shots. But sometimes it hurts when I have to change my pod every 3 days. I've also been using a Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor for over a year. I love it. Things have gotten a lot easier. Um, Now I can just check my numbers on my phone. My mom even lets me ride my bike to school now because she can see um, my numbers on her phone wherever she is. Before the G6, I was checking my blood sugar up to 10 times a day. Now I still have to prick my finger, but sometimes not for weeks. But as great as my pump and G6 are, type 1 diabetes is still really hard to manage. I have to count carbohydrates in everything I eat, make sure I'm giving myself enough insulin to keep my blood sugar from going too high. If I give myself too much, I go low. Even if I do my very best, my numbers can still be way off and I don't feel good. My G6 and pods sometimes alarm when I'm in class, at home doing homework, playing lacrosse with my friends, and swimming in the beach. It even went off one time on an airplane. That was awkward. (laughs) When it goes off, I have to stop and check my numbers. I'll have to eat or drink when I'm low, or take more insulin if I'm high. My parents, my brother and sister, and friends and teachers all help me if my numbers are too high or too low. I wish my diabetes would just disappear, and Senators, I don't want my brothers and sisters to get type 1 diabetes. We need more research to find a cure. We even need better devices. We need to figure out what causes type 1 diabetes so we can stop it. And All the kids here at JDRF Children's Congress, we need you to continue to support us. When I grow up, I want to be a scientist partly because type 1 diabetes research is so important. And if they haven't found a cure for diabetes by then, I will. When we have a cure, I'm going to have a party and invite everybody in the whole entire world. (laughs) Senator Collins, you will be first on my list.
1: Thank you.
5: Thank you for listening and for all you do for kids like
1: me. Thank you so much. And I'm coming to that party. Adriana, welcome. We're delighted to have you here.
2: Chairman Collins, Ranking Member Casey. Senators, thank you for asking me to speak here today. My name is Adriana Richard. I am 16 years old and from a small town in central Pennsylvania called Milton. I'm a proud member of the JDF Central Pennsylvania Teen Task Force. Last year we raised over $10,000 with our JDF One Walk team. I wrote a book, The Real T1D, and started an Instagram account to share my T1D story because I'm one of many living with diabetes every day. I'm not the only one going through this. I go to diabetes camp most summers. It is my favorite time of the year because I'm not judged and I can be myself. I am here today to share my voice as an advocate for people with T1D because I have been motivated by the struggles I have experienced. See I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was five years old. All I remember from my diagnosis was that my parents were scared for me. I am the oldest of four kids and the only one in my family with diabetes. In elementary school I was sometimes teased for being different or for always being with the nurse. School is already a stressful environment, and having diabetes only makes it more difficult. I've gone through some hard times. A few years ago, I was having really bad lows, which means my blood sugar was getting dangerously low. But the thing is, I didn't know it. I felt fine. I also had really bad highs. In fact, one especially bad time, I had DKA, or diabetic ketoacidosis, and was hospitalized. I felt really sick and was in a lot of pain. DKA is very serious as it can lead to a coma or worse. I was constantly battling diabetes and managing my everyday life with no breaks. I was physically and emotionally exhausted and basically suffering from burnout. Thankfully, I've been able to manage T1D better over the last year, primarily since I got my Dexcom CGM. It catches my highs and lows before they get bad and I can check my levels on my phone. It also alerts my parents, which is a huge relief because sometimes I miss the alarms on my phone when I'm asleep. Before, I had to check my levels right before going to bed and hope that I wouldn't get too low during the night. Now, I feel much better when I wake up in the morning. My life with type 1 diabetes is easier with this technology, which is thanks in part to funding from the Special Diabetes Program. That is why I'm here to ask you to support the SDP. It needs to be renewed. We're so close to finding cures for diabetes, and if we stop research now, there's no way we will ever find it. Until then, we need the SDP for research to help our everyday lives with type 1 diabetes, to help scientists and engineers invent things like CGMs that have changed my life. In fact, after Children's Congress, I'll be taking the driver's test to get my license. I'm excited, and my parents are too, knowing that my CGM will help help me more easily manage my blood sugar levels while I focus on navigating the roads in Milton. Senators, people with type 1 diabetes can do anything we set our minds to. We just have extra responsibilities. The research funded by the STP helps people like me, all of us here today, handle those responsibilities and will ultimately ultimately give us a cure. And I'm grateful that as a resident of Pennsylvania, the cost of my insulin is $0 because it's fully covered as a life-sustaining medicine under Medicaid. Thank you Senator Casey for your interest in expanding this program broadly so that kids with diabetes in other states may also benefit. Thank you all for listening to my story and thank you for your support of people with type 1 diabetes.
1: Thank you very much, Adriana. Ruby, could you tell us what advice that you would give to another child who's just learned that they have type 1?
5: I would say to be brave and not let diabetes get in your way.
1: I think that's great advice. Senator Casey.
4: We know that um, for our our witnesses, especially the younger witnesses, it's challenging to testify before Congress, and we're grateful that uh, you did this, and you're certainly equal to any of the witnesses we've invited to testify on any hearing. I also um, know that you'll have a successful day ahead of you, as Senator Collins said. It's much more compelling and persuasive when you appear at the doorway of a member of Congress than when one of our uh, one of us is appearing as a colleague and you'll be able to make the case about the importance the urgent importance of reauthorizing the spe- the special diabetes program and also making sure that uh, we make the case to get it through both uh, both chambers and to get it signed into law and we're grateful your for your presence today thank you very much thank
1: you. We'll keep you
3: posted on the outcome of the Special Diabetes Program set to expire September 30th. Don't go away. More to come on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now joining us, Luzerne County Manager David Pedry. He's here to tell us about the fun things to do in Luzerne County. I'll tell you what, we have some great
6: things going on at the county. And uh, one of the things I wanted to bring to everybody's attention uh, is a series of concerts we're going to be having down at the riverfront.
3: I just saw recently where the riverfront is getting some thumbs up from people who say a lot of great improvements have been made. People don't know where that is,
6: though. The Riverfront uh, Commons uh, is a $20 million park that was put in uh, by the Army Corps of Engineers right next to the courthouse. It is a -a once-in-a-lifetime park. We have a beautiful facility here uh, in Luzerne County. And as we were walking it one day, and some people utilize it all the time, it's right across the street from Wilkes, right right, right, right across the street from, from King's, and, you know, You know, people use it, but not to the fullest extent. So we were walking it, and we said, what can we do to draw more attention to what we have here? And we started looking at other cities. What do they do? And we hit these riverfront concerts, and they are going to be amazing come this July. And
3: why does it seem that when other cities, as you mentioned, come up with these things, people flock? You can't get near them. But all of a sudden, even in the Northeast, and I'm just not, not going to pick on Luzerne County, but other places as well come up with and say, oh, we have this. We ha-, And people go, eh.
6: Well, I'll tell you what. I think, I think it's a matter of us getting the word out there. Uh, I think we're trying to turn a corner as to, I've always said in the past, Luzerne County, Northeastern Pennsylvania has a self-esteem problem. Sometimes I think internally we think that, oh, this place isn't that great. There's nothing to do. But look around at what we have. We do have some amazing things here. When we talk about trails, when we talk about the Poconos, we talk about all these things. It's right here in Luzerne County, right here in Lackawanna County. Uh, There are some great things to do. And, you know, come July, I don't want to hear any excuses because we have free concerts. Come out and enjoy yourself with your community. It's going to be a beautiful day. We've already taken the vote. It's not going to rain. Uh, We all all decided. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, We've already decided on it. The committee's already on it. So nothing to worry about there. But we have... Uh, but, I want
3: to meet them. <laughs> yeah.
6: But these concerts, July, t- July 19th and 26th, right there on the riverfront. Uh, why can't we have these things here? And the answer is we can we got to get the right people in the room to get us there. And that's what
3: we did here. So we have them together now. And we're going to tell everybody about them and get them all excited about that. But I'm going to come along and say, and eh, where am I going to park?
6: Well, here's the thing you need to worry about. We have two thousand free parking spaces right outside of the riverfront. There's parking at the courthouse, parking at the uh, court, uh, the Luzerne County garage right across the street. There's a chamber parking lot uh, that is will be open to the public. There is a ton of parking, and once again, Northeastern Pennsylvania always concerns about parking, uh, but we have a ton of parking right there. And if you don't want to drive, LCTA is running free buses. From 5 p.m. until 2 a.m. that night. So if you wanna run, if you wanna, if you say, I don't wanna drive, I wanna have a couple of drinks, I don't wanna have to worry about parking, take a bus. LCTA, our, our dear partners um, in this process, have said, we're gonna step up and make sure you guys have the right way to do these things.
3: Amazing. Now, wait a minute, drinks? What are you talking about? So we've
6: sat down with the city of um, and uh, we sat down with them and said, we're gonna have, they're gonna ask them to lift the open container law. So the Susquehanna Brewing Company, once again, local, Luzerne County Brewery, have uh, signed on to be our, our beer sponsor, and they are going to be providing uh, alcoholic beverages uh, to those of age. Uh, we run from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., so everything's done at 9 o'clock. So you can come down, you can listen to music, it's going to be a nice day out, there's going to be food trucks, you can have a drink, you, you don't have to have a
3: drink, there's other ways around it, but there's, it's a lovely day out, all day. That sounds amazing. All right. Well, now that you've wet our appetite for this, give us the dates again and who's going to be where? On the 19th, we have a local touring
6: act, uh, the Miz, as well as the National Reserve, who are national touring groups playing bluegrass, country, rock blends, really amazing artists. And the 26th, we have the County Lions. Uh, they're going to be opening up as uh, for a Proud Monkey, which is a Dave Matthews uh, tribute band on our last day. Here's the thing. The music is phenomenal. We have some great artists come down here. But it's not just about the music. It's about coming out with your community. We have five food truck vendors that will be there. We have, uh, obviously, Susquehanna Brewing Company. You can hang out. You can have a drink. Sit down with your, your family. Bring a chair. Bring your blankets. Uh, we have some uh, seating areas available on the riverfront. But it's, a, it's an open area. Come enjoy what we have. Why can't we have it here? We can. And we do. This July, please come
3: out. When you first started talking about this, who did you approach? Did you approach people like Luzerne County Council, or did you go into the chamber, or how did you get the response? Well, I, the Luzerne County
6: Council ha- handles almost, um, we run a lot of things through them as well, so we sat down and talked to them, but the biggest response I got was from the Luzerne County Tourism Bureau. Uh, under the direction of Teddy Wample, the Luzerne County uh, Tourism Bureau has really taken on Um, a new direction, uh, uh, a reinvigoration uh, as to what we're trying to be doing in Luzerne County. And once again, drawing attention to the good things we're doing in Luzerne County. Uh, I would encourage the public to go to visitluzernecounty.org and see the amazing things that they're doing every single day. So I sat down with the Tourism Bureau and they said, okay, we need the chamber. We brought the chamber in and the chamber said we need Colt Creative to do some of the, the, the artwork Okay, bring in Cole Creative, sat down with them. And they said, we need the city of wilkes Okay, we sat down with the city of wilkes We got down with Tony Brooks and, 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 and the mayor of wilkes And we did all these things. And guess what? Everybody wants to be involved. And we have some amazing people here. So once you start this things going, once the dominoes start falling,
3: we have a beautiful concert all the way around. Now I'm going to ask you, and I promise I won't tell anyone Anything for the future that uh, is on the back burner? Well, there's always something
6: going on. Uh, there's always there's something going on. We're hoping to have this be an annual series. We're hoping that everybody can always come out here uh, into uh, Luzerne County as to where we want to be doing. And I'll tell you what, parks and records what is what government should be doing. Okay, it's a lot more than just audits and budgets and making sure this is done. And you know, yeah, we have to make sure we have to fill the potholes. Or we have to make sure we pick up the garbage. Those are things that governments do. But you know what it's also about the beautification of where we are and who we are uh in northeastern pennsylvania and uh, these steps get us there so i want to see more events like this what are we doing to bring the community in what are we doing to show who we are
3: all right so now i'm going to go on to the other side and say I don't like this music, Mr. Pedri. I want to hear something else. Well, listen,
6: there is, uh, you don't have to listen to this music. You can just come out and enjoy yourself. Obviously, if you're at, and if you don't like the music, you don't have to attend, but come on, bring yourself up to new and wonderful
3: types of music. It sounds like you're on a roll. So, are you willing now to hear from different people in the community who say, we're members of the community and we'd like to hear? Oh, yeah, we're definitely interested. Because I'll tell you what, It's just like anything else we do with the
6: county. If people are contacting me and saying, hey, listen, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? That means that they're engaged with their community. That means that they're engaged with their government. And that's a wonderful thing. That's exactly what we want. You and I may not agree on the same type of music uh, or anything or or, or something
3: along those lines. But guess what? We agree on what we're trying to do here. So let's have a conversation. So you're here and you have the audience's ear right now. How do they get in touch with you or whether it's the Luzerne County uh, Visitors Bureau, whether it's whomever, to maybe give their suggestions? Uh, I would encourage
6: everybody to go to the Luzerne County website, LuzerneCounty.org. My contact information is right on the, uh, is right on my page. Uh, you can send me an email. You can give me a call. The Luzerne County Council um, is obviously also um, a very, very available uh, to the public. And go to visit LuzerneCounty.org. And when you start scrolling down, of the things that we're doing here in Luzerne County is truly staggering. I sent the information. I coach baseball and soccer. Not well for my children. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, we try our best and I give that, that website out every single year to the kids, uh, to the families. And the first thing I hear from everybody is, man, I didn't know we even had all this stuff here. So we do have these amazing things here. We got to utilize them. We got to hit them where we have. And, uh, you know, let's hit that. Let's get that self-esteem up because it's a wonderful place to grow and a wonderful place to live.
3: All right. Once again, give us the dates. Give us the who and the the what and the where. July
6: 19th and July 26th this year, 2019. Come down to the Millennium Front Circle, right next to the Luzon County Courthouse in Wilkes-Barre. We're going to be having amazing bands, beautiful food, have a drink. It's going to be a sunny day out and enjoy your community. July 19th and 26th. And what time? From 5 p.m. to 9 p.m.
0: Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A
4: production of Intercom Communications. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.